I could easily see this being a dry run for a much more major, larger attack or widespread attack on more food processing plants. You know, that's something we have to think about. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Well, you guys think the shelves are bare now. What if food processing facilities were intentionally being destroyed due to fires and even planes randomly crashing into them? You'll learn what's going on in this episode. Hey, I encourage you to go grab your favorite uh, search engine and look up from a few years ago the name Mike Strickland in Portland, Oregon young man who was uh, filming, he was simply filming one of the many multitude of riots in downtown Portland. A crowd threatened to uh, harm him and he unholstered his firearm and then reholstered it. Did he point it at anybody? Uh, Kind of. Did he shoot anybody? No, he didn't shoot anyone and he was... Well, then he's innocent of any crime. You would think. Oh, what happened? Well, he lost a lot of his freedom and he lost a lot of his rights. I encourage you especially in this day and age to consider uh, getting uh, insurance for that, for that very thing. You can find that at uslawshield.com. You can find them on our website at prepping2-0.com. They've got a great coupon code so that if that were to happen to you, you can call on somebody and get immediate, immediate legal help. You use our coupon code, which is at prepping2-0.com, friends and affiliates link. And you will get an extra two months. You get 14 months for the price of 12. It's about 100 bucks, so that'll give you an idea. When, when I hear insurance, I assume it's like thousands of dollars a year. No, not for U.S. Law nope. Shield. So go ahead and use that coupon code and get yourself some free stuff. Well, let's get into it. Jeff Reynolds is a writer for the conservative online news site, PJ Media. He's also the author of a great book on leftist dark money called Behind the Curtain. Inside the Network of Progressive Billionaires and Their Campaign to Undermine Democracy. He has also, fun fact, been a co-host of Prepping 2.0 when I was a little under the weather in the fall of 2021. He's also a prepper and a political refugee, having fled Oregon for the great state of Florida. So, Jeff... Jeff, you've done quite a bit of research. You've written on it, and we've all heard about it now. Tell us about the mysterious fires and airplane crashes at U.S. food processing facilities. Yeah, this is something that I've been, uh, and thanks, guys, for having me on. I I always love coming on the show. Uh, We always have a good conversation. But, yeah, this is something that uh, I've been keeping an eye on for a couple of months now. Uh, And uh, it's kind of funny how uh, conservative Twitter uh, all of a sudden started noticing this going on about last week sometime when the second airplane hit the second uh, food processing plant and everyone was like, like, what the heck is going on here? And so you look back and it just in uh, just it's not conspiracy theory. It's not, you know, uh, anything that's being generated by QAnon or something. It's, it's, it's actually out there that uh, you just look at the headlines and there are dozens of food processing plants that have caught fire, uh, have exploded, have, you know, uh, been destroyed uh, somehow by some sort of disaster. And there have been two airplanes that randomly ran into these food, uh, food processing plants, one in Idaho and one in Georgia, a week apart. Um, So it's, it's such an odd thing. And it seems way out of the ordinary. It it doesn't seem like it's statistically uh, 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 likely that this is just happenstance, right? So, uh, but uh, to to be fair, somebody pointed out on Twitter, uh, you know, somebody who's opposed to conservative Twitter, uh, pointed out that there are, uh, he tweeted that there are 34,000 something food processing plants of various types across the nation. 
And, you know, that's a very low percentage, uh, even over a six month period. And, and that's that's very true. Uh, it, it, the actual number I looked up on the USDA website is thirty six thousand seven hundred something. I forget the exact number. But so there, there's lots of there's lots of private businesses producing lots of food all across the nation. And, you know, uh, somebody pointed out there were 18 that they could uh, you know, find uh, that had been destroyed. So that's not very many, but it just seems like it's a very odd, uh, it doesn't, food processing plants don't just randomly blow up like that. <laughs> so, They're not Ford uh, it, Pintos. It, it, what's that? They're not Ford Pintos. Exactly right. Well, uh, they they may be. I mean, there, 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 there are some plausible explanations for these kinds of things, and there are some implausible explanations for these kinds of things. But it is statistically odd that an airplane would run into a uh, food processing plant in Idaho, and then a week later, another one would hit uh, a, a cereal plant outside of Atlanta. You know, it just it, it, it doesn't. It's it's statistically really odd. You conservatives making up your facts with, oh, statistically odd observations. Okay, never mind. Well, okay, then well, we you know, it's, go ahead. It's, it's, the, it's such a weird thing, and it's, you know, we're already in a, um, a recession, right? Uh, nobody wants to admit it. Uh, Except the president. The, uh, Sorry to interrupt you. The president, uh, well, the, the guy currently running the regime, he's not actually the president of the United States, said when confronted with the fact that, uh, and this is a bit of a tangent, that the gross domestic product went down 1.4% in the first quarter of 2022. That's insane. He said that the economy is growing. The negative, the little dash, that little symbol in front of a number, Mr. President, means less than zero. It means going down. Anyway, so you say we're in a recession, you and your conservative facts so-called yeah. facts so uh, Pre uh president brandon doesn't exactly have uh, a firm grip on reality these days no no but so, our listeners already knew that so question here so do and you may not know this i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot here a little bit jeff do is this many fires typical is this what happens you know i don't know in 2020 do we know that we may not yeah, you know, I, I I don't know the answer to that question. Um, it it seemed, uh, you know, I I have been told by uh, those in the know that uh, deferred maintenance is very popular in these kinds of things, and that uh, uh, a lot of these places operate out of very old facilities, and uh, the first place they cut costs when they have to cut costs is with maintenance. So, uh, and I'm I'm aware of you know i have a family member who works at a um uh, a food processing a large uh food processing plant in a large port on the west coast and there are several facilities all up and down the west coast that they own or operate uh you know doing mostly tomatoes um but other other you know and, and fruit and stuff like that you know canning operations and uh, these are very large uh places with um uh, government contracts uh for the usda to supply them with food and, and also restaurant chains that kind of thing mm -hmm. And uh, every once in a while, you know, um, uh, something happens uh, with these old facilities, like a, a roof will collapse or uh, a, a piece of machinery will just stop working. And so it completely shuts down their production until they can get it fixed. So that's that's kind of how these places operate is by, uh, you know, fixing stuff only when it breaks and not maintaining it uh, because it costs too much money. So. Um, so, but it, that also, I mean, even if all of these things are plausible and it, it, it sure seems out of the ordinary that this many incidents have happened. And, and I don't know the answer whether this is normal or not. Um, but even if it's plausible, it really points out how fragile our systems are and our, our supply chains. And, you know, we've talked about supply chains for a year now being broken um, and, and how fragile they are. And that's really the point is uh, we are uh, we're a, a disaster or two away from having a major issue getting food to grocery store shelves. 
I mean, the, the one that really, uh, uh, the one that really caught my attention, made me start paying attention, was in March, when it, uh, there was a distribution center for Walmart at the Indianapolis airport. Okay, and that one that that caught fire and was completely razed, and uh, took 350 firefighters to put it out. Uh, so <laughs> that's a that's a rather rather large deal, and that's something that's uh, uh, you know, that one facility would put pressure on a region uh, for a uh, temporary amount of time until they could restock the shelves, right? So uh, something like that happening would cause localized shortages for a uh, short period of time. But now that we've had it happen dozens of other times, it's starting to really look weird. Yeah, and, and our food system is so fragile, and I know you're a listener of the show and a Patreon. Thank you, by the way. And uh, we've had uh, the the food industry executive on several times. He's one of our most popular guests, second only to you, Jeff, of course. But he is uh, uh, clearly he is he is an expert. He's in the business. I mean, he does this all day long for a living, and he's made the point with multiple examples and multiple reasons of how incredibly fragile this just-in-time inventory food system of ours is, and all it takes is dozens of fires and plane crashes to put pressure on things, and and not only is it a matter of not having the food because it all got burned up um, or it blown up when a plane crashes into it, um, <laughs> but it's then the supply chain, you know, when you, you can't rely on, say, the Indianapolis Walmart distribution center, you need to bring stuff in from the Chicago ones or the Louisville ones or whatever it may be, then you've got supply chain strains because everything is already right at capacity as it is. So talk about the the fragility and the effects. Are we going to see effects of this um, on our store shelves, not only of this, but of all the other contributing factors out there? Well, I think we're already seeing that, right? I mean, uh, it, when that uh, when that large Walmart distribution center burned down, uh, that's going to cause price hikes because you have to spend extra money shipping it in from other places that are further away. That's why they build these distribution centers to be local so that they can get the stuff to the local stores quicker and with less expense. So obviously, that's going to have some negative pressure on food prices. Uh, and and that's that's just one aspect of it. But you know, we've already seen. I mean, Walmart in particular. You go into your local Walmart for whatever reason, the way they do their uh, supply chains. Uh, there have been shortages throughout the store. If you go to a, a big uh, super center, uh, you'll see meat shortages. You'll see uh, cereal shortages. You'll see empty shelves all up and down. Like I can't even find, like, like I, I go in and get a, a Powerade every once in a while. And I can't find those, you know, it's just random stuff like that, that we were already on the brink of um, not being able to get stuff. And it's, it's not just, you know, you know, like uh, Jen Psaki said, the uh, press secretary for President Brandon, who said, "Well, you know, you're you're just uh, you're you're sad because you're not going to get your Peloton for an extra couple of weeks. It's not going to be there in time for Christmas. So, you know, the, the, stuff like that, where they're minimizing it. It's not just that. It's the staples. It's the it's the really important stuff. You know. So and you, we've and you we've need seen power all after kinds. you work out on your Peloton, of course. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. I, um, I'm I'm just such a privileged I'm connecting dots. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we, we've seen all kinds of uh, stuff putting pressure on our systems. And, you know, then you, then you see, OK, uh, my follow up article is going to be about uh, the FBI issuing a um, an alert. Uh, last week to all food processing plants in America to be on the, uh, to be secure, you know, to beef up their cybersecurity because there are credible threats of cyber attacks on food processing plants. Uh, and they're, they're investigating this and they're, they've actually opened an investigation into the rash of fires and, and disasters at these plants. So th the FBI is actually starting to take this seriously, which means, all right, you know, there is something going on here. Uh, and, and uh, if we 
have the cyber attacks, then you know things get shut down, uh, or uh, it, it, it'll have more impact on prices. You know, so all these little things are starting to add up, and uh, you know it, it just goes back to uh, failed COVID policy in a lot of cases. That if we think we can just flip a switch and turn off the economy for a while and then flip the switch back on uh it's not going to complete it's not going to be uh, go back to normal overnight Uh, you have so many different uh aspects of the supply chains that have to be restarted in a sequential uh manner that it it takes time as uh the food industry guy you talked about uh he came on and talked about it taking a year to two years to restart all that stuff so all this stuff is starting to add up yeah and i wanted to uh mention something about the fbi i'm I'm so glad the fbi is involved because now they're gonna (laughs) they're gonna indict donald trump for crashing airplanes into food processing let's talk about investigations because you have some (laughs) thoughts on this glenn one of the fires that caught my attention was and part of it was because it used to be close to home um, the fire at the Azure Standard processing, actually, I think it's more of a storage facility in Dufer, Oregon. And I, uh, Jeff, I don't know if you've been to Dufer. I've been to Dufer, believe it or There's not. There's not a whole lot in Dufer, Oregon. Except there, there, aren't, there aren't gangs, there aren't uh, street gangs fighting it out on the mean streets nope. of Dufer. Nope. Tossing Molotov cocktails I, at food processing facilities. Well, it's. I'm glad you mentioned well, let me, Azure. Hold on, hold yes. on. When you say doofer and you say streets, plural, yeah. I, I, think you're, I think you're exaggerating a little bit. Doofer is um, up in the hills along the uh, Columbia River that is the b- northern border of Oregon that borders Oregon and Washington. And literally there is nothing there. It is rolling, rolling hills of wheat. They've had some nasty grass fires there in the la- a few years ago. I remember that happening. Um there's um, down in a town nearby called the Dalles, Oregon. There's a Bonneville power plant there. Um, but Dufer is in the serious middle of nowhere. There's very few residents. Most, I would say probably most of Azure's employees come from the Dalles. Um, there is nothing there. So you so think about that. There's nothing there. It's not like there's arsonists and gangs and, you know, Antifa and BLM. There are no around. Craigslist postings for arsonists for hire, no. for example. So, oh, okay. That's so weird. Let's talk about that. One of the, and we have about, we have a few minutes here. One of the things, this is speaking of investigations, that's how this all started. Azure Standard came out with an email press release saying what, Mr. Tate? They have narrowed down the cause of the fire at this pretty substantial food processing facility. Guess what it was? Matches. No, spontaneous corn combustion. I'm going to say that again because it's hilarious to hear that line. Corn can spontaneously combust. In warmth. But they said that the corn in the refrigerators, corn in refrigerators, spontaneously combusted. I have a question for the uh, fire marshal of Dufer, Oregon. Um, If corn that's being chilled spontaneously combusts, why is there not a warning uh, sticker on every refrigerator in the United States that says, hey, whatever you do, do not put an ear of corn in this refrigerator because it's going to spontaneously combust. I would have noticed that sticker. We wouldn't be eating corn either. We wouldn't be eating corn. Well, yeah, so you, don't wanna, you never know what the uh, consequences are going to be if it spontaneously combusts after you eat it. So, Yeah, you could have a flaming cornhole. Well, and here's the thing. This kind of thing doesn't help. I mean, it just throws up all of us, all of our red flags going, okay, are you, how stupid do you think we are? We're noticing this, and you're going to give us that as an explanation? Yeah, spontaneous corn combustion is all you've got. That just fuels so-called conspiracy theorists. By the way, it's... You know, it's not a conspiracy theory to say I have questions about spontaneous corn combustion because <laughs> I I attended high school in the United States and there was one semester of science. And from my one semester of high school science, I feel qualified to say corn does not spontaneously combust in a refrigerator. I feel confident in saying that I'm no Dr. Fauci, but I think I can make that conclusion. 
Well, a couple of days ago, I was listening to Dana Lash talk about this issue of uh, the exploding uh, food plants, and her producer said, you know, uh, you call it a conspiracy theory. I call it a, um, oh, God, what did he say? Um Ah, I'm uh, blanking. Um, uh, oh, he called it a spoiler alert. <laughs> Jeez. Exactly. <laughs> spoiler alert. That's where we're at now. So, yeah. now, is this, Jeff, is this just food processing facilities or are there some fertilizer facilities that are also mysteriously being destroyed? And we have just a few minutes before you have to get into a break. But if we have to, we'll carry it over after the break, Jeff. Yeah, the the uh, food the the fertilizer pressures are a whole different thing too. Um, I'm not aware of any plants that actually have uh, been destroyed, but I am well, except in Ukraine where the the Russians are bombing them outside of Kiev. Um, they are uh, so, but that's that's an issue that's been building all year and uh, since before the turn of the year. The uh, uh, somewhere around thirty percent of all wheat and all um, uh, uh, fertilizer on the global market is produced in Ukraine and Russia. So uh, when they go to war, that's going to have an immediate impact on global food prices, and that's going to have a, have add pressures to our domestic production, right? If if we're stepping in and uh, filling the void created by the Ukraine not being able to ship fertilizer, then our fertilizer is going overseas instead of going to our farmers here. So uh, that's one thing. Or it's, it's certainly raising prices because the, the global production is going to uh, raise prices for everybody. Now, uh, the other issue is uh, the... Um, there was a, uh, um, a fertilizer uh, production company in, oh gosh, I forget where this is, somewhere in the Midwest, you know, flyover country. And uh, the uh, Union Pacific Railroad just canceled a whole bunch of future contracts for shipping through their area. Uh, and uh, they also raised prices on shipping fertilizer on boxcars. So uh, first of all, there, you know, here in a few weeks, we won't even be able to uh, ship fertilizer uh, in, internally, uh, domestically in the United States, and uh, the prices are going to go way up. All, uh, all of that is is happening without any warning and without any reason. So, uh, the the uh, fertilizer impacts on farming across the United States are going to be significant. So that's something that's that's going to raise prices tremendously if we're able to do it. Any planting at all. They just announced this as uh, large-scale farming operations were starting to, to uh, get ready to plant. It's it's the planting season across the United States, and all of a sudden they're going to uh, either not be able to get fertilizer or it's going to be significantly more expensive. And that's on top of pressures that already existed. Wow. We have uh, just a, a couple of seconds before we uh, go into the break, but I wanted to just briefly mention the reason you're not seeing the fertilizer-related price spikes right now is that with futures contracts that you mentioned, a lot of farmers buy their fertilizer months in advance at the lower prices. So they they kind of snuck this one in and got their, their fertilizer at the pre-crisis prices. And next season, so in the future a few months, is when the fertilizer is going to cost three and four times as much as it currently does. So real quick, before we go to the break, I want to give a big high five to our awesome sponsors, EMP Shield, Jared Savick, Realtor in Montana, Backwoods Home Magazine, My Kind CBD, Numana Foods, and Minutemen Coffee. All coupon codes are listed on the Friends and Affiliates tab of our website, which is prepping2-0.com. Folks, we have a bunch more questions we're going to talk to Jeff about with this mysterious food processing plant situation. Spontaneous corn combustion. Don't go away. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. 
Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. <laughs> coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Bold, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. You are only as safe as your gear. Rely on TAC Niner, premium tactical survival gear. Visit TAC Niner on Amazon. It's spelled T-A-C, the digit nine, E-R. Tactical gloves, lights, poles, trenching, and more. See the full line. Visit TAC Niner on Amazon. Gear up and save money when you mention Glenn and Shelby. Use the code TAC Niner P20 at checkout and save 20% on tactical gloves. TAC Niner, premium, high-performance survival gear that is built to last. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself and save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Thanks for joining us, folks. We have Jeff Reynolds with us of PJ Media talking about the rash of mysterious fires shutting down U.S. food facilities. But first question for all of you. Have you ever wondered, gosh, I'd love to live in Montana. I'd love to live near Glenn and Shelby. Everyone wants to. It's the third largest state in the union. So there's a lot of land here. Yeah. Not by population. No, 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 no. So then then you go, where do I start? How do I do this? Well, we would recommend to you um, great, great realtor for Montana, Jared Savick. You've heard us talk about him a whole lot. He is a prepper. He and his wonderful wife are preppers, and they know what it takes to get here, to get what you want, to put together a good prepping property just for you. I encourage you to check him out at redstate-realtor.com, and you can just click on the state of Montana, and he's your first option, only option. 
You know, newspapers, they have a correction page. I would like to uh, insert a correction page here on Prepping 2.0. Oh, shoot. I did it wrong. No, no. It's me. I did something wrong. In the first segment, when I was talking to Jeff, I talked about our food industry guy. If you're looking through the archives, because when Dan comes on, he's he's super popular. Hear Dan, the food industry guy, on shows 77, 97, 143, 159, and 174. And 127, but just in the after show. Search prepping2-0.com. And I also wanted to mention our Firearms Radio Network Spotlight Podcast of the Week. We are very proud of members of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find us and the 28 other awesome podcasts at firearmsradio.net. The uh, podcast of the week that we're going to spotlight is Gunsmith Kinks. Sounds a little, little, little adult like wow, wow, a little bit like that. But with gunsmithing, um, it's important to know that's where you really drill down, so to speak, on the details of guns. Is it um, gunsmithing kinks, which is at on the firearms radio network? Well, Shelby has the next question. I do, and so I, I this might be again one of those questions you may not know the answer to, and I sent to you. Um, last night before the show, Jeff, an article about um, a, a, a huge shipment of bees that was supposed to go to Alaska. Instead, it got redirected to another state that starts now, another city that starts with an A, sorry, Atlanta, where. And they're different. Atlanta and Alaska are different. Very, very different. I was going to say, it's totally the same thing. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And so, of course. The Alaska Braves baseball team, for example. So. <laughs> And we know how Glenn feels about beekeeping. He thinks it's ridiculous. And I I get it. So bees are, you're the scientist in the room, Jeff. So yeah, because I only went to high school. So you're the scientist. When Jeff Reynolds is the scientist, you know, you're not getting a lot of good science. We're legit here. at. I actually have a degree in zoology. So uh, I'll have you know, I should, I should research my guests better before I say that. Oh wait, you should have, but you were on a ventilator at the time. Oh yeah, that's right. So, um, (laughs) we all know how Glenn feels about bees. We all, Bees are dumb. Part of the prepping world is bees. This bottom line, this shipment of bees that was supposed to go to Alaska, like fifty thousand dollars worth. It was a lot. It's a lot of bees. It's a lot of bees, and it's a hit to the ecosystem. And we were talking about the weird growing season. How and you were talking, uh, Glenn, about how this the this food or sorry fuel prices are actually getting deferred so that this growing season and the next growing season we're going to really hit it. and I don't know you can if you can talk much about the bees, but tell that's just another like. Don't tell me I'm I've got a tinfoil hat when the these things keep happening. And this to me, this bee thing is kind of related. And I don't know what you and think. And to there. sum it up, when when a plane load of bees leaves the West Coast going for Alaska and gets rerouted to Atlanta and sits out on a hot tarmac and kills all the bees and kills all the bees. I mean, that seems weird. Uh, seems kind of. Like a coinky dink, doesn't it? That, yeah, I mean that stuff just doesn't happen. It's like you know spontaneous corn combustion. <laughs> Do you really think we're stupid? You know, um, I mean, it, it, and you, you think back the last couple of years and and all of the misinformation that uh, official channels put out about COVID, and uh, you know, all of a sudden, I'm not all that interested in listening to the official explanations these days. You know, uh, I'm I'm just a little bit skeptical after the last couple of years. So. Uh, yeah, but so yeah, you talk. This is like two million bees or something, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, they're, they're, yeah, I guess they couldn't fly themselves, so they had to be put on an airplane. Um, they had to so fly coach. <laughs> they had to fly coach, and they said no. We want first class. <laughs> Because they were afraid Mike Tyson was going to punch him in the mouth. Oh, but stop. Goodness. (laughs) They were under protective custody, right? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so, um, but, you know, in Alaska, you have such a short growing season because there's no sunlight for half the year, right? So, uh, and and it's pretty cold up there. So your summer times are basically June through September. You have a uh, 90-day growing season up there depending on where you are it could be even shorter than that if you're further north 
so uh, it's it's real important that all of your stuff works together, including your pollinators, right? If you if you want to plant fruit trees and have a fruit harvest up there, uh, or you know, trees or shrubs or, or vines or whatever, uh, and you want to have a, a, a actual food harvest, you need pollinators. You need the uh, flowers to be pollinated so that they actually grow fruit. And so, yeah, so that's that can have a, a huge impact on that region. Those people up there that are uh, uh, living a tough lifestyle as it is. I mean, you know, you can go out and shoot a bear or you know catch a salmon or whatever. But uh, uh, you also need other aspects of your diet. You know, so there. Uh, it's just it's more of these additive pressures that have uh, continued to pile up and. You know, it, I don't know. I, I mean, it's bad enough when Delta loses my luggage, but uh, when they lose my bees, now now we have an issue. Yeah, that's a problem. You know, you mentioned something uh, in the first segment that I thought was, was very enlightening. You mentioned deferred maintenance, and I wanted to tell you some of the theories that came out. I, I did this topic of mysterious uh, fires on my KHNC show, and for those who are unfamiliar, uh, you should really – look at KHNC. It's a, an independent conservative talk radio station in Colorado, 1360khnc.com. And they're nice enough to have me on Friday mornings. And I was doing my, my show. I do it with two other hosts, so I guess it's not my show, but I was doing the show. And the topic of the fires came up and the other hosts and some callers made some pretty interesting points about uh, insurance uh, fraud in arson, you know, f uh, fires to get the insurance money, maybe being a factor in at least some of these fires. So, Jeff, what do you think about that? And do you think it means that there's going to be more food on the shelves because of the motives that somebody has for <laughs> starting a fire as opposed to the fire damage being a, an actual physical fact? I kind of threw the answer to the question at you, didn't I? Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, you're a lawyer. That's a leading Objection question, meeting. right? <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I think that uh, there's a, there's several things going on. That's a that's a plausible explanation in a couple of cases, right? Um, we we shut down for two years. We shut down the entire economy, um, except for essential workers, right? Uh, whatever like that strippers means. Strippers uh, and pot shops. Yeah. Oh, tattoos. Uh, uh, got yeah. a, everyone got a tattoo during mm -hmm. COVID, right? I sure did. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, that, I mean, so there, there, that's a plausible explanation in some cases, but, um, I'll tell you, I have a family member who works for, uh, a large, a, a very large, like government contract, large, uh, food processing company in, a, uh, one of the large deep water ports on the West coast. Yeah. You mentioned this. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and uh, I couldn't remember if that was before or after we started. Anyway, uh, the the um, uh, there was a fire at their facility in one of their ports that's uh, actually on Portland, uh, and it's um, a very old uh, warehouse, right? They're constantly having problems, and so this deferred maintenance uh, is a way for them to cut costs, right? But uh, there was there were uh, the security folks there saw a couple of homeless people. Uh, on the property where they didn't belong. And so they shooed them off. And then uh, they went to a different part of the property, opened up, uh, found an old dump truck that wasn't even being used anymore, opened up the gas can, stuck a rag in it and set it on fire. And that, uh, so this dump truck fire actually caused a fire at the, uh, at, at a uh, part of the plant. So I'm the, sure the, the FBI will, will look at the surveillance video and see that it was actually Donald Trump who started the dump truck fire because it's, <laughs> Obviously, he commits all the crimes in this country, but keep going. Right. No, but I mean, this reminds me of, uh, and here, here's the tinfoil hat part. Uh, in 2020 in Oregon and in Washington, we had a very large fires, specifically in Oregon, uh, over the Labor Day weekend uh, as we were shut down for COVID. Uh, and as uh, all the riots were going on uh, for 150 straight nights in the city of Portland, we had huge, huge forest fires due to a wind event and some other stuff going on. But I also uh, talked to several, like a bunch of law enforcement sources who confirmed the stories going around about 
people in rental trucks going around to open dry fields with propane bottles and AR-15s and setting fires that way by shooting these propane bottles. And uh, setting fires. It's the fault of the AR-15s. What's that? It's clearly the fault of the AR-15s that these wildfires. Right, the the gun. The gun caused the violence. Right. Um, so, yeah, uh, so, you know, we know that a lot of these fires, not all of them, uh, a lot of them were natural, but a lot of them were set intentionally by people with bad intentions. And uh, I start thinking about stories uh, about the, the homeless guy start setting the dump truck on fire. And I start thinking, well, uh, what? Is it really just some meth head or is it some, you know, is it an Antifa type, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there's there's lots of uh, room for that kind of activity that would, uh, we wouldn't know until after the fact if they told us at all, uh, which they probably wouldn't, right? Well, one thing I need to mention, I'm not saying this is the cause of all of these fires or even right. any of them. However, I must note, that the Russians and the Chinese are big believers in the doctrine of asymmetrical warfare. The Russians have declared, and this is not a conspiracy theory, you can look this up, the Russians have said they are in World War III with us right now. They're, they're in World War III with NATO, specifically. You can look it up, their, their state-run media has said so. So it is a fact that the Russians consider themselves to be at war with the United States. Asymmetrical warfare is taking advantage of asymmetrical differences. Um, And and a classic example of that is a $1 box cutter can bring down, you know, a building. Let's let's I don't want to be gross, but I mean, it's that's a classic example of asymmetrical warfare. It is not out of the realm of possibility that uh, nation state actors that do not have the United States best interests at heart could be doing some or all of these things. They could be testing to see if they can bring our food supplies uh, down because they know, and they know this from um, watching the news from a couple years ago, they know that when there are food shortages, even minor ones and temporary ones, that a good portion of the American population, enough people in the United States, freak out and this happened a few years ago when there were, was a temporary hiccup with the uh, EBT cards, the electronic benefit transfer cards, SNAP cards, <laughs> electronic yeah. food stamps, basically. And over a weekend in three states, I want to say, there, there was a they, they were upgrading. They were updating the software. I think it could have been a test run to to see exactly what would happen if EBT cards were cut off. But whatever. Certainly. They Certainly. were disrupted. And there was, and the video is stark and troubling. There were riots at Walmart's. People, when they when their food stamp card wouldn't uh, come up and 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 pay for the stuff, they were loudly and um, very boldly just walking out of the store. They were throwing stuff through windows. They were busting stuff up. They were stealing. The Russians know that. If American food supplies are disrupted in any meaningful way, there's going to be internally created violence. That is the quintessential definition of asymmetric warfare. What do you think about that, Jeff? Well, and that makes me think of the the pipeline in the southeast United States that was hacked last year, right? Uh, They ended up having, I didn't realize this until just recently, they paid the ransomware. It it was a ransomware attack, and uh, they shut down the entire uh, company uh, and all of their electronic systems, and they had to pay a $4 million ransom to uh, get control back of all of their systems. Meanwhile, that was, you know, uh, when was that? Uh, uh, Late winter, early spring, something like that. Uh, when, you know, uh, people were still heating their homes because it was cold outside. Um, so, and, and that's uh, that was Russian hackers, right? I mean, we know that. Um, but, I mean, all of this stuff, right? I mean, I, I could easily see this being a dry run uh, for a, a, a much more major, larger attack or widespread attack uh, on, on more food processing plants. You know, that's, that's something we have to think about. Exactly. And you know what? It's sad that we live in a world where we actually legitimately have to think about this stuff because this country's been so hollowed out 
by the idiots running it. So there you go. Well, and you you had alluded to this and talked about it earlier, Jeff. We've been we have figured out that our media and our news sources are not news sources; that they are uh, sources of of truly misinformation. And so when we're given some spontaneous news, corn combustion right, explanations, we're given you know. <laughs> spotty information and we have to piece it together ourselves and what's really sad and I, and, I, and I'll be curious to see what you think about this as someone who reports the news we have to piece it together ourselves and nine times out of ten in the last two years um, those of us who've pieced it together are more accurate than the news am I right not conspiracy oh, without, theorists spoiler without, alerts yes uh, yeah uh, without question yeah the, the uh, we are uh, <laughs> The difference between a conspiracy theory and the news is about six months, right? Mm-hmm. It is <laughs> nowadays. Yeah, I, I, uh, they they kept telling us uh, for the longest time that the uh, that COVID was caused at the wet market by somebody eating a pangolin. So, you know, <laughs> I, I in fact, uh, as a funny aside, a legislator in Oregon has brought up a bill to outlaw uh, the the sale of um, uh, meats, exotic meats like that, because they don't ever want to see a, pa- a pandemic again. <laughs> They ought to outlaw China. How about that? That's the best way to get at that problem. Oh, no, we couldn't do that. Uh, We rely on them for too much. They're our partners. Yeah, exactly what the problem is. Exactly. Right. So, but they, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, they, 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 I've I've railed about the news for a decade and a half now. It's yeah, and I've never, you know, I've uh, even going back to high school, I never watched the news because I recognized it as emotional manipulation. You know, um, I'll, I'll I'll read the news, I'll get my news wherever I can, um, and I'll get it from trusted sources. I'm not going to uh, rely on. Uh, you know, crazy theories, but uh, I don't need, uh, it's insulting uh, the way they try to manipulate us with um, emotional uh, uh, appeals and also with, you know, just straight up crap. Well, this is the perfect segue to what was going to be our after show topic. We'll go ahead and start it now and finish it in the after show. For those of you who are unfamiliar, the after show is for Patreon supporters. Well, and also, too, before we do that, just if you are a prepper, we don't have any hard facts on this. But what this should prompt us to continue to do is to be prepping, to be gardening, to be, to be building up our food supplies, building up up our own personal food supplies so that we can take ourselves out of this convoluted, screwed up food supply chain Problem. Cra- problem. Crazy chain is what the I crazy mean, train, which exactly. is a song by Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, just kidding. I mean, I'm it's trying to figure train. out words, crazy but chain. it is yeah. insane. Like it. So yeah, he ate a bat too. Yeah, he did. That's right. It all comes back to eating bats, right? Ozzy oh Osbourne and eating bats, covered <laughs> extensively on Prepping 2.0. Well, what I was saying was that the topic, uh, and you mentioned not believing the news anymore, and and in your case, never believing the news from the get go. Um, you, sir, are quite the Twitter user, and you are a member of the, uh, I think, the conservative news world. And what are your thoughts on a hot topic that everybody's talking about now, which is Elon Musk, Twitter, and the left freaking out? We will finish up this topic in the after show because this is going to be juicy. Yeah, and um, I don't think I, I certainly uh, understand uh, conservatives being skeptical of Elon Musk. He uh, he believes in uh, creating electric cars and uh, a the Neuralink stuff uh, to connect your brain to computers and uh, colonizing Mars because the Earth is because dest- humans are destroying the Earth. So, you know, his motivations are a little bit suspect. However. I think this is the kind of thing that will red pill him um, because the absolute freak out that's happened on the left because he wants free speech. He wants his stated goal is to stop censoring people on Twitter and the left is losing their ever loving minds. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that will push him further and further to the right uh, uh, just because those people are nuts. <laughs> Why would I want to be one of them so uh it's it's fascinating to watch um i'm 
I'm cautiously optimistic. His, you know, his stated goal is, is free speech. So I'm a, I'm a constitutional absolutist. I, I'm a constitutionalist. And I think that uh, that kind of, I mean, I'm so old, I can remember when the ACLU was protecting the uh, rights of the Nazis to march in Skokie, Illinois, you know? Um, so uh, now you've got such an institutionalized, um, uh, tyrannical uh, governmental movement uh, and political movement that wants to, I mean, so many people have been shut down for raising questions about the election and 2020 and uh, raising questions about the vaccines and COVID and all that stuff. Uh, we can't even have an honest conversation in this country. And hey, uh, if, if we're now actually having a debate over free speech, A, that's kind of sad because this is America. We shouldn't have to debate this. But B, because we have to debate it, I'm glad he's opened up the conversation. Yeah, I think it's been a glorious time to be a conservative. And again, he may end up disappointing us. We conservatives have been burned so many times. And it's not like us to say a billionaire is going to save the day for us. A billionaire, you know, with some kind of wacky environmental ideas is going to save the day for us. However, in the short to medium term, I think he is saving the day. We've seen amazing things at Twitter. We've seen the uh, number of followers of conservatives go way up and the number of followers of left-wing tweeters uh, go way down. And this is a positive sign. And the freak out is really interesting because it's giving Americans uh, a great close-up view of what the left is really about. And that, in a nutshell, because we're going to be winding down segment two here and going into the after show in a moment, the preview is the left's got nothing. All they have, they don't have a good energy policy. They don't have a good anything policy. All they have is a tight grip over Twitter and other big tech um, information distribution networks. That's all they have, and they know it, and they're freaking out. Oh, I so want to talk about that, but I'm going to refrain <laughs> from asking because I want to talk. God, that's going to be a huge can of worms I want to talk about in the after show. So, Jeff, um, you I know you've been on the show an awful lot, and we're always uh, grateful to have you here. So you got a couple minutes. Tell us where people can find you, your websites, your, your information, book. your books, all of that. Yeah. And um, uh, first of all, uh, they I'm, I'm hoping they can't find me specific, uh, uh, yes. physically uh, <laughs> because uh, I, I moved to the swamps of Florida. And, you know, getting back to our previous conversation, uh, we have a uh, we're setting up a garden. We have uh, I just butchered my first tur- turkey. We have three other turkeys. We have 10 chickens that are now laying regularly every day. Um, and, uh, you know, it, we're we're. I, one of the reasons I moved from Oregon, you know, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them was so that I would have be I would have the opportunity to make our family more resilient and self-sufficient and not reliant on uh, supply chains that are obviously breaking down and we're obviously headed to a very large economic collapse. So uh, that I, I wanted to be able to write it out on my own terms. Amen. Um, Good. Yeah. So that's that's the prepping angle there, right? Um, so yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my uh, the Twitter followers have gone up about ten percent in the last week. Uh, I'm at Charger Jeff on Twitter. I'm on Facebook at Jeff Reynolds Author. Uh, you can find my book at whoownsthedems.com. And um, I'm on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, Getter, uh, and, and all of that as well. Awesome. So, folks, um, quick reminder, we have a few moments here. Don't forget, July 31st, you can join Glenn and I in Missoula at the... Missoula, Palooza, Picnic Palooza in Missoula. Wanted to give a quick shout out for that. Real quick plug, but folks, don't forget, I hope we all learn from this, from Benjamin Franklin, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. We have so much more in the after show to talk about. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.